Hello and welcome to this episode of One Week at a Time, a Box Hill Hawks podcast. My name is Sean Peterbudge and we're brought to you by the wonderful folk at Budget Car and Truck Rental. Uh, Emily Ferguson is alongside me to help steer the ship for another week. How are you, Em? And who have we got? I'm good, thanks, Sean. How are you? I'm excellent. Good to know. Um, well, a couple of weeks ago we had um, our former dogs boys on, so we felt it was only right to have our former cats boys on this week. So we've got James Parsons and Jordan Kinico. It's fantastic to have you both in for a chat, Geordie and Parso. How are we going? Very good, thanks. Very good. Very polite, thanks, waiting yeah. for each other to talk. That was good. <laughs> I was waiting for him to do <laughs> um, Parso is brought to you by his player partner, Australian Graphic Servicing, so, so thanks to them. Who are you brought to us by, Geordie? Straight up, is it? Yeah. Yeah, so it's actually Clint Proctor is my player <laughs> sponsor, so <laughs> he actually likes to... Yeah, joke around a fair bit that he owns me, so... He said this <laughs> earlier today. Yeah, so I, I work for him at Alcohol and Drug Foundation and then he's obviously my player sponsor and now he's my head coach as well, so can't seem to get away from him, unfortunately. Can you confirm, Parso, Proc was joking about this earlier and he said, if I did decide to fire him or cut him or whatever, he said Geordie's reaction would probably just be, okay. Mm, it would be. He wouldn't give you much. <laughs> be like... Oh. I think if you had to fire him too, you'd have to get rid of him at all levels. You couldn't just, oh, no. you couldn't just like drop him. You'd have to drop him, fire him, let yes. him go. Look, Geordie, we're, we're, we're moving on, but you, you need to see you on Monday as well. <laughs> you'd be going, that's a bit stiff. And they'd find yourself a new sponsor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no sponsor, no job, no footy. Down the streets. It would be, yeah. Be some be harsh stiff. barley. Um, <clears throat> I suppose ultimately, how are you all feeling? Are we excited to be undertaking this wonderful adventure on the podcast? Couldn't think of a better way to spend my, well, spend tonight really. So I'm sure Paso feels the same, mm-hmm. same way, don't you? Yeah, super excited. You were recommended, highly recommended, as a pairing to come on, by several independent people. Who is? Are we allowed to name names or? Yeah, there was, uh, was it? It was either Ports or Ferg were a big fan. They were like they they really jumped in. Well, the uh, Dogs Boys did a podcast, didn't they? They did. Yeah. The, one of the was it Hugh one or of the Charlie? Beasies, yeah. Maybe Hugh was thought it would be a good pairing, um, and it might have even been Blanky. We sort of we mentioned it, and even Blanky was like, "Yes." Well, we've seen yeah, we've seen a lot together. That's for sure. <laughs> We're at Geelong for what, four years together. Yeah. Four years. Yeah, four years. I reckon. Yeah. yeah. Didn't live together in Geelong, but pretty well with each other every day. So, yeah, there's a lot to talk about. We're going to get into this. We're going to yeah. get into this. So. <laughs> You just mentioned there um, you're at the Cats together at one point in time. Uh, you'd been interested onlookers this past Saturday. Was there anyone rolling around in the blue and white from your time there? Um, and more importantly, I suppose, as a follow-up, what did you make of the, the performance of our boys? We were actually yeah, we were watching it together on Saturday and we were just thinking that yeah, there's actually not too many guys that are still playing that were actually on the list when we were there. So I think there was only Sam Simpson, uh, Quinton Narkle. Sav. Yeah, big big sav. Yeah, that was it, really. Um, were you there with when Sean Sean Higgins was nah, there? No, nah. no, nah. no. Nah, he was uh, yeah, after me. But yeah, yeah. just big sav and Narks that we're close with. Simo was, I think, emergency for the AFL, so he didn't play. But uh, no, it was a good win by the boys. John are always a good, solid team. They have had a lot of uh, the VFL from when I was there. It's had a massive change. There's probably only one or two boys that I remember, but um, yeah, it's a good win by the lads. I think what's been most exciting for us over the past couple of weeks is um, seeing so many kids 
get an opportunity. And then, you know, more importantly, or an extension of that is uh, really contributing. You know, for Frankston and Geelong, two really important games for us. And to see Maxie Hall, Max Walton, <coughs> you know, Louis D'Angelo, uh, you know, Charlie Beasley, you know, we've had six to eight really young, inexperienced boys come in and, and really step up when we needed to get a win. Um, is that, like, how encouraging is that for, for you boys to be able to watch them sort of do the business? Yeah, it's, it's unreal. Um, and it's, it's kind of frustrating for them at times because they're good enough to play at the level, but obviously there's a, a heap of guys that can also play at that level and unfortunately for them have got more experience, so most of the time get that, yeah, get the game before them. But, yeah, Louis, both the Maxis, Shrucky, Shrucky. Um, all those lads have been training and dominating locals, so... They deserved a game, and yeah, it's good to see a few of the boys kick goals. And Shrucky was in, involved in a few of them, so yeah, it was unreal from the young boys. I've said this, Geordie, to I don't know if it was Edo, maybe um, a couple of weeks ago, but the VFL is such an interesting platform at times because you boys and your Ed Phillips types, your Hugh Beasley, you know, Ferg, Cal, um, you know, Cab, etc., by no means old players, but in the scheme of a VFL list, are, are like cast as experienced leaders. So you come into a program like this off a Geelong list, for instance, and all of a sudden you're, you're like a – whether you like it or not, you are an experienced leader. Is that something that you guys kind of embrace, you know, the opportunity to take – I mean, we've listed the boys sort of under your wing and sort of show them the ropes a bit? Yeah, I think you, you try to, like, especially, like, if you're from, like, the same area as, as a couple of guys like, like Louis um, and DBR. From, are you tied from, to the same club as Yeah, Louis? so we – so Louis – um, David Brinker Ritchie, Briggs, um, Briggs. shout out, to and Briggs. myself were all yeah tied to Trelgan Footy Club. So um, yeah, a little shout out to them. So. They'll be listening. You do really <laughs> go though when you. I've never really thought of it that, but you go from being pretty well the youngest and least experienced at AFL level, like you're competing against yeah. Well, for us, it was against like yeah Mitch Duncan's and Cam Guthrie's to try get a game, and then you get off a list and you go from. Yeah, least experienced and most experienced pretty quickly in the space of a couple of weeks, really. Yeah, you even look now, I reckon me, you, Paso, and probably Damo and maybe Cav are probably the, one of the oldest like, that, on the list it's now. It's crazy, yeah. and that's that kind of speaks to a bit of a shift in VFL footy where, you know, someone like a Ben Jolly or Cav who's played a lot of state league VFL, Brady Gray's played a lot of state league footy. I sort of hope that the way the system's going, it's, it's almost kind of discouraging that guys that are have really, really good second-tier careers for whatever whatever the reason might be. Because um, it's still, having spoken to a guy like David Mirror, it's still the second-best standard of footy you can play. And it feels like guys kind of give it a go, give it a crack, and then might not work out or life balance might get in the way and they go back to, you know, local for whatever reason. But that is such a, a sharp shift, I find, that, yeah, you guys come off the list and you kind of, whether you're ready, whether you like it, whether you want to be or not, you're like, oh, I'm actually the most experienced guy in the room. What off? I suppose that would be an interesting adjustment, wouldn't it? Definitely. <laughs> Happens pretty quick too. Mm. Like you finish an AFL list in what, November, and by the end of November you start pre-season at a, at a VFL club. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty quick, swift. And so unfortunately you're both carrying niggles or injuries at the moment, Geordie with your ankle and Paso with the knee, without giving too much away. Are we likely to see you guys back out on the park this season? Uh, yeah, I've probably it's going to be pretty tight for me. I might play this week, so 
Um, still, Excellent. Yeah, there's still... We'll publish this on Thursday night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's still, yeah, a little bit to go yet. Main training um, on Thursday, so still got to get through that. But, um, yeah, it's looking yeah, pretty likely, hopefully, yeah, this week. But if not, yeah, hopefully the week after. So, fingers crossed. You've timed your run perfectly. I, I seem to do that a little bit, yeah. Especially the boys will probably get into me too. So, I seem to miss pre-season sometimes and then... Round one comes around and I'm I'm ready to go. So. We don't want to bury the lead here, but there might be a bit of that later. <laughs> yeah. oh, I can't wait for that. And then you pass, obviously. Um, will we will we see you at some stage? You've missed the last yeah last three three. And we had a bye. Yeah, yeah, three weeks. Uh, yeah, the plans potentially first final, but similar to Geordie, a bit touch and go. So yep. go through training and big uh, big session on the weekend, and then go from there. Love it. Uh, what have you two collectively made of the 2022 season, I suppose, individually first and foremost, your own form personally, and then the team sort of holistically? We'll start with you, Geordie. Um, yeah, I probably individually probably started a little bit slow. So I think I was coming off a, a bit of a sore Achilles during the pre-season. I wasn't able to do a whole lot. Um, and then, yeah, I was nearly right to go around one and then Dill pulled me back. So I haven't d- done enough work. Uh, unfortunately, so then I played yeah round two. I think it was against Carlton, maybe yeah. I think yeah we lost, and then yeah I played the next game in, at Sandy. So it's a, the first couple of weeks was probably yeah just trying to find my fitness base again and trying to get back into the swing of things. But yeah, I think I've after that I think I played probably eight games straight. So it was starting to get some yeah consist- consistency back. Um, yeah, after that, but. Um, yeah, individually it was, it was not too bad. Hopefully I can get a few more games in come end of the season. But um, yeah. It was a bit similar to last year in a way, wasn't it? Where you you had the injury in like the first 15 seconds of round one. Yeah, so it was round one. I think it was not good. first 30 seconds <laughs> of the game. Got the first kick and then, yeah, done the hammy. I saw you come to the bench looking ginger. I thought this is not good. And yeah. then we didn't see you for a while and the stop-start nature of the year, but you came back for, yeah. the, for the, the last Collingwood game? Yeah, so I played the first game and then the last game the against, against, <laughs> yeah, against Collingwood. Um, and then, yeah, obviously COVID hit, so that was uh, unfortunate. But, yeah, I was starting to get, get swinging the back and things. So, yeah, I was starting to feel better last year. But, yeah, only played two games. <laughs> first game you couldn't really count, only played 30 seconds. So. And uh, yourself, Paso? Yeah, not not too bad. Um, <coughs> I had a decent pre-season, injury-free, which was good. Um, did a fair bit of training with Hawthorne, actually, so that put me in a... Yeah, I was pretty fit come round one. And then, um, yeah, the team, we took a little bit to get going. Um, we lost a couple of games early that we probably should have won. Um, but I think we had a lot of new guys, um, heap of senior players trying to figure out how each other play. Um, and then... Well, for myself, trying to figure out how all the AFL boys play because I never played with them. Um, and, like, we have a lot of the VFL boys go through the midfield, so trying to get, yeah, sort of everyone on the same page in a pretty short amount of time. Um, but, yeah, we got the ball rolling after probably around... I think it was round three was our first win. Was that our last loss in, at the start of the nah, year? Nah, Sandy. So, Sandy at the G, we had a really good win. <coughs> yeah. And then we went on a bit of a run, five or six in a row. Yeah, that game, I think we all started to gel. And yeah. from there, we had a bit of yeah consistency. But yeah, so far, so good. Looking forward to finals. Excellent. 
And so going back to your time at the Cats, we'll work our way through how you landed here. Um, but I'd love to pick your brain about a few things. Firstly, this was one of two talking points of Sean and I's on Saturday. Um, and you mentioned him earlier, but purely just personal interest. Is Quinton Michael's hair naturally blonde? Yeah, it is. I told yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, it's natural. It's He's like uh, if, if he was able to sell that colour... People would pay oh, good money golden. for that hair. It's He's golden. such a good-looking yeah. bloke. He's yeah. actually... I, I don't know how yeah, accurate this will be, but I know that he said that there's only a couple of people from where he's from that have the same yeah, same hair colour and he's something like a chief um, yeah, <laughs> up in NT because of wow. just having that colour. It's pretty cool and, yeah, he's, it's a nice... Uh, if that was legitimately on at the supermarket on the shelf, you know, narkle blonde... Oh, yeah. It would sell out. It would Maybe fly. go to the hairdressers for it instead of the supermarket. Oh, whatever. Get better you know, luck. Well, the hairdressers are buying it for something. Even the hairdresser, though, they'd be, they'd be loving it when yeah. he comes in, surely. So it's so it's it's all natural. All yeah. natural. Yeah, 100%. Just like to say, Sean, I told you so. <laughs> um, anyway, no, seriously. Um, having lived uh, the AFL side of the Hawthorne-Geelong rivalry, how real is that internally? Oh, yeah, it's real. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, definitely real. The, the build-up for that. Easter Monday game, I remember every year was like, yeah, it was like a final or even a grand final. Like the build up was crazy. Um, and that was your, was that your first game? That was actually my second game. Second yeah. Game, okay. Yeah, second game. Do we want to, do we want to talk about what happened in that game? <laughs> <laughs> I knew this would come up. This is, this is nice. <laughs> Who wants to tell the story, I suppose? I think the man himself should, shouldn't he? It was, a, was it a split second decision? <laughs> you, I now <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about it before the game. <laughs> Um, it wasn't a plan of attack, that's for sure. So you've you've crossed paths with Luke Hodge, yeah, in the middle of the ground. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to say that I that he was playing on me because I was a forward and he was a back, but I was definitely playing on him. Um, yeah, he sort of. I remember it. Uh, I think it was Burgoyne that uh, one of the lads from Hawthorne had a free kick in the middle, and. Uh, yeah, Hodgie sort of pushed off and ran around the other side of the mark. So I had to sort of run around to not give away a 50 and then meet him. And he, he got the handball receive. And, yeah, I, I thought, oh, I've timed this perfect. I'm going I'm to, yeah, tackle him, line him up. And then he sort of like – I didn't think he had the step in him. He's, he was <laughs> – what was he, like 30, Is 31 or two. It was probably his last year actually at, at Hawthorne. Um, and he's just stopped, yeah, on a dime. And I've gone for the bump and then, yeah, as I've sort of like jumped in the air to bump, my yeah, arms just kept going through and then... Your right wing has just yeah. left the body a little bit. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely left the body. It, and made, it was, <laughs> made oh, contact yeah. with Todgy's jaw. Just throwing yeah. elbows, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it definitely wasn't intentional, but uh, oh, he didn't mind. He After the game, he came up to me and said... Oh, I sort of went over to him and, and tried to apologise. And before I even said like, oh, sorry, sorry about that, I didn't mean it, he... Uh, Straight away, I was like, "Mate, if you're not playing on the edge, you shouldn't be playing AFL." Love that sort of sort of stuff. I've done it plenty of times myself. <laughs> he would um, love that stuff. I think I saw a quote where he kind of said, I'm, "I'm not quoting him verbatim, but he was sort of like, far be it from me to yeah. have a go at someone for yeah. doing that.'" He goes, "Look, you know, ultimately, what will be will be. What comes of it, I don't care." You cop two. Was it two weeks? Yeah, it's three to two, I think. Um, he had a good record it, the week before. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was my second game. <laughs> so, it would have been, uh, but I was lucky it was him. If it was anyone else, they would have stayed down and potentially got concussed. But he's had a few whacks in his time, so he got up, he got straight, up straight away, took the free kick and just uh, laughed it off pretty much, which was lucky for me. I'm always fascinated. We asked the question because, like, 
it is fascinating from the outside looking in how much oxygen or how much noise or conversation these big rivalries get internally. Like, was it something at Geelong that you, you felt like it was, this isn't just a regular, this isn't just a home and away game, there is a little bit more? Was it from, does that come from the playing group? Does it come from coaches? I think it's just built up, like, during that week. Like, it's obviously, you talk about it in meetings um, and you obviously talk about it at main trainings as well, but I reckon it's the, like, the social media aspect as well. I reckon that... It <laughs> Obviously doesn't help when they're always talking about it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you always seem, like, especially Hawks and Geelong, you always seem like there's, like, 80,000 there, like, at the G, and it's, like, loud and, like, it's just crazy. But, yeah, I, th <clears throat> I think it's just built up during the week and then as soon as the media comes into it, it's just, yeah, it's obviously just big after that, so. I suppose those big games, it's funny, like, you can't really talk them down as such because if you get out there... It'll hit you like a ton of bricks. I imagine there's that fine line of not turning it into something too big, but then at the same time not dismissing completely that, yeah, like this is going to be a lot of people there. It's going to be a lot of press there. It's a standalone game, particularly the Easter Monday game. There's obviously history there. But from your guys, from your perspectives, did you kind of go into the Geelong environment and feel like you sort of inherit that the mindset of the group of the boys that had been there, you know, for five, six, seven, eight years? Yeah, I, th I think it will slowly die off over the next few years only because of the, the rollover of players. Like, I remember my first few years when those games were coming up, it was like so many of the senior players have got history there against Hawthorne. Not, not, it's not bad blood or anything, but the fact that they play the big games, you want to win those they big games. They play finals. A lot of finals. Hawkins, that goal after Siren and then... Hawthorne in a few finals prior. And Isaac Smith. Isaac Smith, yeah. yeah. Like, there's a lot of history with just the senior players. And, yeah, Scotty loved playing the like. Did he really? Yeah, as in, like, loved the pump up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's pretty well one of the biggest games for... So he would he would he embrace that during the yeah, week? Yeah, definitely. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just like, I think, as a team as well, it's, it's if you're not playing in those big games, come to finals, you're going to... Struggle, so they sort of embrace it like it's a final so to to get you. You know, Geelong always up there. Hawthorne, the last ten years have been up there, so sort of embrace it like a big final. But yeah, there's definitely like a lot of external pump up, but there's just as much I reckon internally. I remember those weeks were like a bit, just kind of a bit more amped up at training. The coaches were a bit louder. Um, yeah, there was always a little bit in it. I suppose secondly, just with the Geelong sort of chat, sort of more generally, we don't want to turn it into a Geelong podcast, but I thought it'd be interesting to pick your brains having been inside the four walls and particularly the AFL program. You know, what insights or what perspective do you have on what Geelong have been able to do for so long? Just be – what it's remarkable, really. It's so competitive for so long, always up at the pointy end of the ladder. Um, what, what do you think that comes down to, having experienced it yourselves? Well, they always well, – we always – used to talk about the culture within the club so um, obviously the values and, and the things that they live by um, every day was yeah, obviously really really big at Geelong um, and yeah trying to live them every day is what probably what gets them across the line especially in them close close sort of games and then obviously the people that they recruit as well um, is probably yeah another aspect that um, obviously helps them get across the line as well. So um, I feel like the Pista people that they recruit is a 
Like there's no like idiots, but if they do, like they get them out straight away. I felt like, I don't know, I, I don't know if you feel the same, but I feel like yeah, they definitely. might stay on the list for one or two years and they, they just get rid of them straight away. Um, Even so, more so the guys that they've kept around. Like you look at, well, Joel's the perfect example. Like, yeah, like it's not like you're ever going to cut anything short in, like in front of him or like, yeah, miss a couple of kicks in a row in front of him. Not because he's scary and just his standards are so high. Hawkins, like all the guys that have been there, then they recruit, you know, Dangerfield, the year I got there, his training's insane, like in the gym, out of the gym. And then even like you look at their coaching panel, well, it's changed a fair bit now, but when we were there, like Nigel Lappin, multiple premiership player, Brisbane, Scotty himself, obviously. We had uh, Matthew yeah, Knights. Yeah, Matty Knights. Matty Knights, good, yeah. just a, yeah, a, a nutcase <laughs> on the field. Scarlo, back, back line coach. And then Corey, Corey Enright came yeah. in after he finished his year. Well, I think he was last year was my first year. Um, yeah. You know, and he goes straight into like the forward slash attacking kind of general coach. You look at those five blokes that are teaching you things every day. You're never going to think, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about or... You know, I won't, I won't, I won't do those extras because he said so. I, you know, I'm a bit tired today. Like every day, you just, you got no excuses. I think there's those layers, isn't it, of leadership where, from Geelong, it was Joel comes in in 2007. I think it's his first year. But what he comes into is, it's, it, it wasn't, it didn't just start that year. It was a three or a four year build. Tom Harley's there at that time. Scarlett's there. Enright. Um, Joel Corey, etc. The list goes on. Bartel, Bartel, yeah. like all those Lane. guys there, and they come Stevie through. J. <laughs> but, but they, so but, but they come through, don't they? And then <clears throat> Joel obviously takes the baton, and then he passes that on to the next wave of guys. You know, we mentioned Hawkins is one of them, but they, you can trace the current leadership model back twenty years. Mm. That good habits have been passed down, and I use the example of, you know, even at Box Hill in my time here, I was really fortunate. We we spoke to Dave Mirror a couple of weeks ago. But Dave Mirror comes in and in inherits a good culture and then he passes it on. And even to the point now that the only – I think it would be Stu Horner would be the only player here who played with David Mirror. But he benefits from what he learned from Miz and you can still see all of what Miz did and his leadership style and his standards in a guy like Stu, which then is hopefully passed on to that next wave coming through. Um, but I suppose, you know, People always say Stephen Wells and coaching and leadership and development, but it's probably all of the above, really. Everything, yeah, definitely. You know, and, and as we said, I mean, some Hawks fans listening might not like it, but Hawthorne have done some remarkable things in this period as well. But um, you've got to tip your cap to you know teams like Geelong, and it was so interesting to pick your brains about just where you think that kind of might have come from. But yeah, um, I didn't. Obviously, we didn't spend any time at Hawthorne at AFL, but it would be you, if you spoke to anyone that probably has done the same thing as what me and Geordie have done, they're, they're probably going to say the exact same thing. Like, Oh, you look at the names. You know, their coaches at the time, they, yep. won, they won four flags. Like Geelong won three at the, in those sort of same, you know, ten years you apart. Mitchell and Lewis exactly. and Hodge. Hodge and yeah, Roughhead. And then I, I don't know their full coaching panel, but like a lot of their assistant coaches are now head coaches. So you can only guess that it would be the exact same thing all the way from like the CEO to you know, down to, you know, whoever. It's like... It'd be that they'd probably be on par exactly so. Yeah, well, and, that, and that's why that was such a the rivalry of 
the 2010s, mm. ultimately. Yeah, exactly. Um, we've stolen a question, M. so you step <coughs> in with the next... You take my next question because we, we've already covered off... Um, we brought up the Luke Hodge thing already. Easter Monday. <laughs> oh, is, that, is that listed? <laughs> <laughs> um, but we mentioned off the top you guys are currently rehabbing some niggles. So, Geordie, how challenging is this side of the game? I think pe- people probably just look at the physical side of the rehab process. Yeah, it's, I find it really... I don't know. But you, especially when you're in rehab, I feel like it can be real lonely. Like especially with at, at my time at Geelong, I found that I found like every year I was there, I was always injured. So it's um it's always a pretty tough time. Um, yeah, obviously the physical, but also the mental as well. So it's it's always good to have a good uh, like network group around you that you know, try and talk to as much as you can. But I found that was really good at Geelong. Always had someone to talk to. Um, and even this year. You and Cocky um, or Cockatoo were always injured together. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I used to live with Nikolai Cockatoo and I was always, I guess, handy. We were always injured at the same time. So <laughs> <laughs> it kind of fit. Did you ever have any conversations about maybe we should just, just try something different? Well, I think he tried a lot. His hamstrings were <laughs> just giving him grief the whole time. But um, Were you there with um, Lincoln McCarthy? Yeah, so I reckon I was there for three years with him. Um, and I found like he was <laughs> – there's always guys that I swear the too. always injured and then they go to another club and like, I don't know, is it the sun in Queensland or something that <laughs> gets <laughs> gets their bodies right? I swear Must like be. even like, yeah, Nakaya, Link, both of them Geelong players, like they've been playing like the last two years. Like it's they couldn't even stay Geelong, on – that's why. Yeah, like they couldn't <laughs> even stay on the park at Geelong and then go up to Queensland in there. Good to go. Nakaya is a deceptively large man. Oh, he's he, the most powerful player powerful, I've ever. Yeah. You can't tackle him. He's he's, so he's kind of like a like a Dangerfield type. Yeah. Like if he was healthy, he'd be. Oh uh, uh, yeah, he's obviously had so many injuries, but yeah. if that bloke was healthy, he'd be. A, I reckon he'd be a top twenty player in the league. Mm. Like he's lightning quick, strong as, and he's obviously skillful. Yeah, if he was healthy, he's had a pretty good year though. Oh yeah, definitely. <coughs> And so you mentioned it a bit before, but you obviously lived that frustration at Geelong. Um, you feel like you get going in 2018. You played 10 games um, on the bounce at senior level, 14 for the year, and then at the start of 2019, you suffered a serious setback. Yeah, so it's, I think it was round one against Richmond. Um, I yeah, dislocated my ankle and yeah, broke my leg. Um, so that kept me out for yeah, the whole season, which was, yeah, it was obviously pretty hard and obviously have contract worries as well so it's it's always pretty hard but um yeah, yeah I guess you try not to think about the contract stuff as much as you can but at the end of the day that's that's why you're there you want to play footy and you want to play AFL footy so how did it was it just a tackle sort of yeah so it's I think yeah it was it was a rundown tackle but it was no, like, you tackled the bloke yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I ran him down and somehow I Pushed him on my leg and then my leg got stuck actually, under him. And I actually remember you were there watching. I was right yeah. behind you. Yeah. yeah. I Geordie like tackle Geordie was running so fast that instead of jumping and tackling, Geordie like ran into him from behind. So like he grabbed the bloke and his momentum was going so fast that he slid his legs under the guy and then obviously your yeah. ankle and there's yeah. a lesson in this. It, it, Don't yeah. tackle. <laughs> yeah. That's what I always say now. I'm trying <laughs> as much as I can try and stay away from the tackling, but because that's, that's how I've done it this year too. I've done yeah, well, that's, that's Moses this year. I was just, tackling someone. So. We've just got the note here. You're playing some really, really solid footy this year. Um, 
GWS, I think it was. Yeah. Tackle, it just your ankle gets trapped under you. And I remember it was right in front of me and you, you got up and you just had the look of a guy you just weren't – you weren't – it didn't look like you were in, at, like, agony, but you were just like, oh. Oh, I, I kind of just knew that I wasn't going to play the rest of the game. So yeah. I was like, oh, no, what's, what's happening here? But it's like the same I, injury, isn't it? The no, the left sim- ankle, I've, I've pretty much done everything in the ankle. So I've oh. got like three artificial ligaments in this left ankle. But nice. So I'd, I had the, the syndesmosis as well on this ankle and the, obviously the broken leg as well on that one. But doesn't really. The syndesmosis doesn't matter when you've, when you've <laughs> yeah. broken the leg. When I've, done, <laughs> I've just done everything here, but... No, it was just the, the syndesmosis for the right ankle, so not not too bad. So I'll take I'll take the win. <laughs> <laughs> You're just balancing it out, really. Yeah. It's the right foot's turn. <laughs> yeah, but it must just it, it must just be so frustrating. Like it's just that every time you you feel like you're getting some here we go we're playing some footy. This is good, and then it's it's not like you've done a, a calf or a hamstring constantly. You just have these freak you're tackling blokes and getting injured. Yeah, it's just unlucky. I feel, but. I don't know. I might just tell Proc I'm not tackling anymore. I've, I've, I'm too old for that. I don't want to Just do tell him tomorrow at work. <laughs> yeah. um, so, look, your time at Geelong comes to a close at the end of 2019. And I saw a quote where, um, you know, responding to your, your delisting, you, you said you were caught a little bit off guard. You, you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, but with your contract talks, was that because there'd been some positive conversations throughout the course of the year? Or so, how did that process play out for you? Um, I just found that. Like, obviously, 2018 was my, my best year. So, I think I played, yeah, 14 games for the year. Um, and then, yeah, I've done pretty much the whole preseason. Um, was, I just missed out round one playing in the AFL side. So, I think I was emergency. Um, and then, yeah, played round one back in the VFL. Um, and then, yeah, obviously done that freak accident. Didn't play the rest of the year. So, I, found, I, I don't know. I, I just think that I was still good enough to play, like, I played 14 games the year before and then obviously that I didn't play at all the year after because of the injury. So I just thought that, yeah, it comes as a little bit of a shock to me. I didn't have a whole lot of communication from obviously the recruiting department and the list management team. But, um, yeah, I don't know, it's kind of a hard one. It's a, t- a tough industry to, I guess, stay in, but I just feel like injuries and, and everything can, yeah, it obviously sucks the life out of you a little bit that... Um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough. Oh, one. I think they should have given you a even a rookie, give you a year. Oh, I would have taken anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you still take it. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> we can go back to that 2019 decision and just go again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that would be very nice. Yeah. Should have got Wellesy on this podcast. <laughs> what is Wellesy doing down? Is he? There was some change. Uh, that his role was going to change, but then it kind of. Well, I think, I think he's semi-retired. To yeah, because I think Andrew Mackey's pretty much doing his yeah. role, but. <clears throat> Well, Mac know. started the year. Mackie finished it long. He went into underneath Wellesley. So there's probably a transition mm. for three or four years. And now I think I th- he d- he's definitely still involved. I don't think he ever won't be, but he, I think he just loves his golf and lives down there. So did, did you guys have sort of much not to do with, but like in terms of Wellesley's <coughs> day-to-day sort of stuff? Did you – it's always, once again, the dynamics of a football club are kind of interesting in terms of who – not mingles with who, but – has FaceTime with who or conversations with who? And well, they're, they're sort of not there for half – well, I wouldn't say half the year, but at least mm. four months because their season sort of starts mid-our season, if that makes sense. They're starting to figure out what their list is looking like, what the people they go recruit, and then obviously trade period comes up, draft period, and that's when we're all on holidays. 
relaxing and that's when they're starting to really ramp up. So that's when they're we saw well, yeah, Wellesley was a ripper bloke. He always said hi. The yeah, the hallway, you, the way Geelong was set up, from our locker to our gym and our recovery area was all the staff, and you sort of had to walk through everyone. So. Yeah, every, you Whether know that's deliberate chat. or not, it's probably it a good idea. It was definitely deliberate, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they made it. I suppose ultimately from a like a list manager <laughs> or a recruiter or whatever, it's like, as silly as it sounds, it's like, you're all his boys. Yeah. It's like, I brought you all in. It's like, I want you all to be success stories. So it's like, I'm rooting for all of you. So oh, the definitely. politics and the I'll, egos and whatnot. Yeah. I always have people say to me like, oh, do you, do you, do you hate Geelong? Like, they do list you. I'm like, no, I spent five of my like, best years of my life there. Like I got rookie listed, Walesy took a chance on me, Scotty took a chance on me playing. Like All that wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't have met all my mates if it wasn't for Geelong. Like, why would I be angry? Like, It sucks. For the, the first month, you, obviously, you're hating it. Once you get, you know, you get fired. Like, at the end of the day, you get sacked. Yeah. Um, well, I remember in a previous life, you know, having a low man on the totem pole sort of job at Carlton, and we used to do these things where there'd be almost like a State of the Union-style staff meeting and the head of every kind of department would get up and just give a lay of the land. What are we doing? What's coming up? And Mick Malthouse was the coach at the time. And it was that time of year. And he goes, look, he'd been coaching for 30 odd years at that stage. And he goes, this is the worst part of the job. Um, he goes, I can happily sit here and say, or, you know, with pride sit here and say, um, I've never once delisted someone out of spite or, or the like. He goes, look, we, that we just have a disagreement about, them as a footballer, never as a person. He goes, it's it's awful. He goes, it's it's never easy. You never get every, any enjoyment out of doing it. Um, he goes, and it never gets, it never feels good. Um, and you sort of went, I, I never considered it that way, but you're like, yeah, it would suck for everyone in the room. It would be terrible. But you mentioned Scotty, and he's he's an interesting kind of figure, isn't he? Because he seems to have a, he seems to be a pretty kind of interesting character. You don't really know a whole lot about his um private kind of persona but what sort of interaction did you guys have with him on a whether it be a day-to-day basis or a sort of weekly basis yeah i think it depends who you ask like mm. i got along really well with scotty um he's i think he's, he's just one of those people that like he's just sticks to his own and does his own thing and enjoys what he does the way he does it so do you feel it's like a bit of a, a the billy bean style not arm's length in a um sort of impersonal way, but it's arm's length in it. Look, I ultimately I am your boss. Like I'm not here uh, to be your mate. I think a little bit. Yeah. I think for me, like probably the first two years, I was a bit scared to talk to him. But that's <laughs> like I know how like some young guys would just be like, oh, like he's a senior coach. Like you want to always impress him at training or you're like scared to talk to him when you're going past him on the whole way. But yeah, I, like well, I found Scotty, he was – Good to talk to, always easy to talk to. He's um, like his teaching methods and like the way he talks in meetings is just like unreal. Yeah, never, um, never ever individualised sprayed anyone. Mm. The whole time I was there. No matter how bad of a game you know someone's played or you've played, he would never once quarter time, half time, final spray individuals. Like that was probably the, one of the main things I liked about him. He never. Because like, you know, like you know if you've. Oh yeah, like the individual. We've all played some stinkers. That's what, for sure. What the error Absolutely. is? It's like, you know, yeah, it might be um, therapeutic for the coach to make a point of it, but it's it's yeah. like I I remember hearing a story about um, when the, the kangaroos were really flying under Dennis Pagan, 
and if one of the particularly one of the real senior boys would make an error, apparently all they had to do was acknowledge it, like on the field. All they had to do was like put their hand up to the box or something to show, yep, yeah, no, I, I didn't do the right thing, or that's not what we spoke about. And it was almost if you do that, that's fine. You, you know it, you've got it, you've recognised it. We don't have to talk about it. Dennis probably still sprayed them at some point, but I thought that was an interesting... I think you might have I've overheard you say that once before, and I thought that was an interesting kind of... More so, yeah, I think more so very similar, but it like as I said before, the guys that are leading the club aren't... like It's not just Scotty who's you know enforcing all these things. You've got you know the leadership group when I was there, like Harry Taylor, Joel Selwood, um, now like well, Tom Stewart. Like you, those guys... Yeah, you don't want to let them down as much as you don't want to let the coaches down. And you're out there with those guys more than obviously the coach. So, like, those guys are the ones that set you know, set the stand. Not to say that they grill you, but, yeah, if you stuff things up, they're probably going to say more than what the coaches will say, and that's all that needs to be said, I guess. Is yeah. that something either of you have kind of taken since you've left Geelong, like into your attitudes or personas on the field, if you like? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> what are you looking at me like that for? Uh, yeah, I think standards of training, I definitely, especially pre-season, like I definitely get really frustrated if, you know, if as a group we're, you know, just fluffing around or, I mean, it's pretty easy to do when you're here with 30 of your mates and you're really close with a few of them and you haven't seen them in a few weeks and you want to just, you know, enjoy kicking the footy around. But at the end of the day, we're trying to win games, so... Yeah, that sort of stand. And now that we're senior players, we, we sort of have to. Otherwise, you know, it starts with one player and then sort of five or six start to, you know, drop the standard slightly. And then all of a sudden we're, you know, five games lost. And, yeah, it sucks playing footy when you're losing. So, yeah, we've definitely brought a bit of it, I think. It's always better when you're winning, isn't it? I completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Paso, you played 35 games in your four seasons with Geelong, including 20 in 2017. Uh, you're one of the unlucky ones who got caught up in the COVID year of 2020. Uh, talk of reductions in list sizes, etc. How difficult was that for you to navigate? Yeah, the last year was difficult. Um, had its ups and had its downs, that's for sure. Like, the, the ups were all my family and all my friends were stuck in Victoria um, half of them sick and half of them can't work because you know COVID, and we're up in up in sunny Queensland and you know still with thirty year best mates and still been able to play footy. So that was the positive. But yeah, I think the negative for myself, like I was in my last sort of two years at Geelong, I was emergency just about every week. Um, and those last two years, we yeah that as Geordie said, we played what ten year, ten games in that second last year. And then in, in my last year, we were playing like 13 on 13 training style. You can't show what you can do. And even if you do, um, I think Ferg said it. The Bulldogs boys love the hub games, the 12 yeah. on 12. <laughs> Cal, I think Ferg said that on the podcast. Port, like, Ports thinks it's the future <laughs> of the game. Well, it's it's good. That's the thing. It's good to play if your team's playing all right. And it's good to watch. But then the, the coaches will look at it and go, like, you know, if – you know, for my example was, you know, whoever was in my position playing AFL, if they didn't have a great game, uh, well, you know, James has had 60 touches, but <laughs> it's on 12 on 12. and There's 12 players missing know, on the field. Yeah, there's so much space that it's not even really footy. It's almost a completely different game. So, no, let's not put him up in the team because he's not, you know, we don't know if he's ready because it's a different, you know, it's not, yeah, the same. It was, it was my last, I think the last year was more, 
if you weren't in the team early, it was staying fit for an injury. That was sort of the way it was, just purely Geelong for one. We're, we're, you know, they played the grand final that year, so they won a lot of games. So there wasn't a lot of changes needed. Um, and then, yeah, it was kind of... I guess it was more of a risk from the coach's point of view to bring someone in that's been playing 12 on 12 and, you know, training three times a week than someone who's played against... Yeah, 18 on 18, proper game of footy in front of a crowd, you know, full game. Our games weren't even full games either. They were like... We're so playing 60 in <coughs> 75% game time. Yeah, <laughs> of, yeah, like six 10-minute quarters. Like. Jesus, how many Ks were you clocking up in them? Massive, yeah, Tiny. massive Ks. Well, not massive. It was it was probably on par with a normal game of footy, but it was like six 15-minute quarters. Like it was... And it was like 35 degrees. Yeah, it's... Outside Oval and Metricon. Yeah, outside Oval Metricon, you know. Yeah. Did you ever find uh, find yourself wearing Oppo Guernsey? Um, that was I saw some Fergie did, saw some he? harrowing harrowing <laughs> photos of, of nah. boys boys finding themselves in a different jumper. Well, I think going, oh, I think because no. I was emergency, I was probably lucky that they wanted me to sort of try play most of the game. And uh, yeah, there was probably a few boys that were pretty stiff that yeah. Up there to yeah, look, look past her. You're playing. <laughs> you're playing for the Magpies today. Yeah, like, oh, it would have been fun. Would have mixed it up a bit. Yeah, <laughs> but no, that year was. Yeah, the last year was. COVID year was difficult. That's for sure. I remember you talking about it a while ago, and, and you mentioned earlier just being the emergency more or less every week. Um, how, how challenging is that for a player's mindset? And you can speak to this as well, Geordie, having been the emergency. But you're sort of on that bubble, aren't you? Where you're, you're kind of like the 20 to 24th mm. player every given week. And you might be a holdover. I remember you think you said one of the years, because you're a holdover, you're an emergency, you actually went through periods of the year where you missed, like, chunks of games. And it's like, I'd actually probably rather just play twos. Yeah, oh, it's so frustrating. Yeah, like, even a couple of times, like, I don't know if you were an emergency at Perth, but a couple of times I had to travel over to Perth and then catch, like, a, a red eye back oh, over. This is the Aaron Cornelius story. Have you heard Ace tell this story? No, no, this I haven't. Is, tell, is it, so, basically, Ace... Aaron Cornelius, shout out. He might be listening. Um, I'll, I'll send him a message and say we mentioned him. He'll listen. Right. Um, so he, he told a story when he was playing for Brisbane and they went over to play the Eagles and he was strapped and he was ready to go. He's just chilling in the rooms. The Eagles had a, something happen or it started raining, whatever, and whoever he's, the coach was, the line coach, came to him and said, look, you're out. We're pulling you out because it started raining. Um, we're going to go with someone else. So small. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's fully like kitted, strapped up, ready to go. He goes, and uh, you, you got to go to the airport, get on the plane back. you got a pracky game tomorrow at like 11 in the morning. <laughs> no, mine's not that bad. I definitely wasn't in the team, that's for sure. I was definitely just a carryover. But yeah, had to catch the flight home at like 11, play the next morning. I think it was at Punt Road. Did you play angry? I think I probably had my best game. So. Did you play tired? <laughs> no, I don't know why, but I don't know if I just wasn't like, thinking too much but it was just yeah. I just felt like I played awesome but um, yeah it, it, I've done it another time as well I think it was in Adelaide um, and then had to come over the next morning and oh, you, you just get tired don't you, you just did you have it I think you had one in Adelaide too didn't you is yeah, it a I final did, yeah yeah I the year that I, I played the first two finals and then the prelim I got dropped and me and uh, I think it was Geordie Murdoch at the time with the two emergencies so warmed up with the team um, but they had a taxi sitting in the race uh, underneath <laughs> the, the stadium and the second. So uh, for the people that don't know, as soon as the ball is bounced, the, the emergencies are out. There's no – they can't come in even if someone gets injured in the first 30 seconds. So 
Um, as soon as it's bounced, I was, we're still in our full kit, ready to go boots on, straight in the taxi. Because if we won that game, us two obviously emergencies, so if we won and there was one or two injuries, we'd be playing in the grand final the following week. Um, and so the next morning at 9am, um, Geelong had a, uh, you know, a, a practice match against... I think it was a, just a heap of VFL boys came down and, and it was, if we won, we're playing 9am practice match in the morning to stay ready for a potential grand final or be emergency for the week after. So me and Geordie, not this Geordie, Geordie Murdoch, as soon as the ball's bounced, jump in the cab, straight to the airport. The game's obviously end of the first quarter, we're on the flight and w- the whole time we're thinking, oh crap, if we win, we're a chance to play in a grand final. If we lose... Our season's done, and then we land, and Geelong just lost that game. They got yeah jumped in the first quarter. That was the year I think Adelaide Adelaide win oh seventeen maybe yeah that was the power stance I remember. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, did, um, what did you make? Otto. That is Otto. Otto. That is Otto. D Mac maybe D Mac would have been out D-Mac there. D Mac would have been there too. I reckon. Yeah, yeah he was. Yeah, yeah. D-Mac. What did you yeah. make of the power stance from the race? Um, Oh, I just thought it was a bit weird. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> it looked weird. Why? I, I just, I still don't get it. Like, oh, they're just staunching it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of lose a plot at oh, yeah. Like. yeah. So yeah, so that's a touchy I mean, subject. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> well, like, so I just remember you talking about that, and I just remember thinking, yeah, it would be the, the Perth stuff would be a nightmare because. It's six hours. One of the one of the legs is six hours. Longest flight. That's, that's not good. So, I mean, look, bear with me while I fumble through this point a bit, but this is something I've, I've thought about for a, a little while, but, and it's really applicable to a lot of our guys, but everyone on an AFL list is a good footballer. Like, to, to get to the top of the tree type thing, of all the people playing football, there's, what, 800 listed guys playing AFL footy. So you're, you're a good footballer. But I always find that how many of these boys are actually out there doing what is 100% natural to them? You know, there'd be... It'd probably be a lower percentage of players than we actually realise. I've played all my junior footy as a centreman or as a centre-half back or whatever the position might be, and that's where I play at AFL level. Good, yeah, cool. But then I imagine there'd be guys like you who come through the development pathway in a particular position, a particular role, but when you get to the AFL system, it's, no, we actually kind of need you to do something else. Yeah, it definitely depends as well where you land. Like, you get drafted Mm. if you go to a team that's got a heap of mids. You know, and you're not as experienced and ready as those mids. They might say, "Oh, you're too good not to be in the team. Let's throw this kid on the half back." Or, um, and you see it a lot with guys. Like a Hawthorne example would be Blake Hardwick. He was uh, I played tack up with him. It was my year draft. One of my good mates. He kicked like sixty goals at tack up. Like he was one of the best forwards in the league. Dominated. Came to the midfield once or twice, but would have. I don't think he ever spoiled a ball in his life. <laughs> Gets drafted. I think he plays first year in and out of the team as a forward. Goes and plays backline for preseason. Now he's like he's like all Australian contention. Yeah, all yeah. Australian Every squad. year he's up there. Yeah, he's. I think he came top three in the BNF two years ago. He'd be up there top five. You know, top ten easily. You know, every other year since then. So it happens all the time. Um, whether it's yeah, whether you just can't crack into one spot, or whether just by chance you can yeah fill another spot and. They find a better spot for you then. It's just all about opportunity though, yeah. isn't it? Like even if it, like on sure. the weekend we had Asava Radaglia playing key back. Mm. I think he's probably only been playing there probably two or three weeks, maybe. But yeah. like you look at Geelong's forward line now, like they've obviously got Kit Jeremy Cameron, 
Hawkins. Like Handy. It's it's going to be pretty tough to, to, yeah. to get in there. So he has to go try and find a spot <coughs> down back. So it's like it's... Did you ever experience that yourself? Uh, a little bit. So I, I played at Gippsland Power and first year I played pretty much a whole time as a half forward. Um, and then my top age year I was pretty much inside mid wing. Um, and then, yeah, at Geelong I was pretty much just a, just a sole winger. I played a little bit inside mid uh, in the VFL, but um, AFL-wise I was, yeah, mostly on the wing. So Is that also sort of a challenging part of the process where you're kind of going, you know, an example Cav actually spoke about the other week was so he gets to Frankston out of Eastern and he's playing midfields, playing on ball, wins a couple BNFs, and then he has the conversation where he's told, look, you're not going to get drafted as a mid. So you're going to have to play small forward, so he reinvents himself. But in that case, you're probably thinking, geez, I'm, going to play my, I'm probably going to play my best footy on ball, but that's not going to get me a game. So I'm probably going to go to half-back or half, wherever the position might be. But the position that's actually going to probably showcase me best is almost like it's pointless me playing there. Yeah, well, you look... It Cavs a perfect example, yeah. Like he he would he'd be thirty five touches, a goal every week at VFL, and couldn't get a look in on an AFL list. And then he, he probably has to reduce his touches. Probably doesn't enjoy it as much for a year or two, trying to figure out how to play half forward, and then gets picked up and plays AFL games pretty quickly. Like, mm. yeah, it definitely happens a lot. Yeah. Um, so, Geordie, you come off the Cats list in 2019 and Paso followed the year later. What is the process when you come off an AFL list? Is it kind of like uh, gauging other clubs' interest at AFL level, taking calls from VFL State League? Like, what was your first move in a footy sense? Um, yeah, kind of – Paso kind of already mentioned it. Like, the first month you've, you kind of just like, oh, you don't want to have anything to do with footy. Or with last a footy trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, the first month is probably difficult. But after that, you obviously have your manager and he's always talking to different clubs if they're interested. Um, so that always makes it easier if you've got your manager doing that sort of role for you. But yeah, I had a couple of meetings with a couple of AFL clubs and a couple of AFL clubs as well. So um, yeah, that was, that was pretty good. And I still remember I had a meeting with Williamstown with... With oh, Colo. Colo. <laughs> that was... Um, Give us the pitch. Was the pitch good? Uh, he actually didn't really... Wasn't that interested, to be honest. Oh. Yeah. So I, me and Scotty <laughs> Lucas, my manager at the time... He's lost. We, we rock up and we had a look around the club and whatnot. And I just... We sit down and Colo's just like, look, Geordie, we, we really like you, but we just don't think you want it enough. <laughs> this is like I don't even really know if I love footy anymore like <laughs> and he's just come out and said that I'm just like uh, just like now I don't know what to say like, <laughs> go, well, you've, you've sort of stolen my thunder Colo yeah so me and Scotty Lucas were just like oh well go somewhere else then won't we <laughs> like, thanks Colo was that right off the bat at the top of the meeting like how did you like did it how nah, much longer so, did it go for Oh, like we were just talking for like five minutes. Like first of all, I was just looking around the club and having a look around, and then, yeah, we just had a five-minute chat. And was it windy? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. it would have been windy. Absolutely. I've probably played four or five games there, and always windy. Was that a concern? Raining. It was one of the reasons why I didn't <laughs> end up going there for sure. <laughs> you playing nine or eleven home games? 
Will, all respect to Williamstown. When it, we last time we played out there, in fairness, we used to play um, box hill that is. We used to play Willie. Don't know if this was by design, but we'd always play them in round one or two at Willie. Maybe it was like their first home game or something. And when we'd go out there in sort of late March or early April, it was usually at like a really nice, like it was a bit windy, but it was usually a nice, really fine, clear day. And you're like, this is actually quite good. You turn on the VFL match of the day in July. Oh, yeah. And it's raining, coming in sideways. Yeah. Blowing an absence of 12 goal breeze. You roost the ball 50 metres, it goes 10 metres behind you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I suppose ultimately, yeah, for you, like for Paso, what was your kind of process where you, you come off the list? Was it a bit like Geordie's, your sort of fielding interest or you're putting feelers out? Yeah, it was a bit similar. Um, <clears throat> I spoke to a couple of AFL clubs, but yeah, as um, we mentioned before, there was talk of cuts in you – know, there was there was a lot going on for every club. So, um, yeah, I got a couple of feelers out there for pre-season training and then um, ended up, yeah, going to Carlton um, to do a bit of training with them in the pre-season. Um, I was battling some Achilles um, – yeah, tendonitis. So I didn't train as much as I would have liked to in the preseason. Then, um, yeah, didn't get on on Carlton's list. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a tough couple. Yeah, couple months trying to figure out what you're going to do for your like. You go from obviously your sole income is just playing footy and staying healthy, and then you you want to still play at the same you know or the, the highest level you can, and you got to now work figure out what you you know we do, we do a bit of study while we're at while you're on the list, but. There's nothing like real-world experience, so, um, yeah, it's a bit of a shock. Um, but, yeah, what, what can you do? You just got try, yeah, to try to get into it, I guess. So, Geordie, did you initially commit to the Northern Blues for the 2020 season? Yes. Yeah, I did. So, yeah, I was like Paso. After my, yeah, after my delisting, I went to Blues and I, I trained with them uh, for the pre-season and then... So there was three guys that were training to get the one list spot. So I think it was me, uh, Callum Moore and another guy. I can't remember his name, but I didn't end up getting the spot um, and Callum Moore got it. Um, so, yeah, that was not ideal, but... Um, <laughs> Sub-optimal. Yeah, so then, yeah, I went back to their VFL side and signed with Northern Blues and uh, Josh Fraser, but didn't end up playing any games or anything because of COVID and that, so... And um, how frustrating was that? Oh, yeah, obviously not great, but <laughs> I think I played two practice games, I reckon, for them, and then, yeah, that was it for Were the they season. good? Did you feel like... felt like, yes, yeah, I, I, I'm back. Yeah, I pretty much done, like, pretty good pre-season for, yeah, for the Northern Blues and obviously for the Blues, but, um, yeah, playing two practice games and starting to feel good coming into round one and then, yeah, they shut it down. So, it's, um, yeah, it's not, not ideal, that's for sure. <laughs> I bet. Um, and so what was it that led to the change of colours for 2021? Um, so probably, I think, I think it was Naps called... Yeah. Um, yeah, the great man, Naps. Yeah, I think he called my manager, Scotty Lucas, I think, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I had a little Zoom call with Naps last year um, and yeah, he, he was yeah, really keen to get me down and I was, yeah, really excited to come down as well. So I think I come down for the, I think it was like a meeting day um, last year. So we had all the all the guys coming down to train before pre-season, so that was good. Um, 
and yeah, so obviously another turning point last year was signing Sammy Mitchell as a coach as well. So that was obviously another reason that I, I thought I'd come down as well. But um, yeah, I was just loving my time here last year and I'm happy to be here again this year, that's for sure. So I suppose, Passo, you joined the Blues in 2021. Um, fantastic year for them. Um, Runner-up in the BNF, you were in the VFL Team of the Year, of course. Uh, what was it about Box Hill that got you to make the switch? Did you sound Geordie out at all? Did you kind of touch base with him? And I suppose, yeah, what were the, the triggers to get you to move over to City Oval? Yeah, well, um, <coughs> the year prior, um, when I first came off the list, um, it, was, it was sort of out of Hawthorne and Carlton at the time. Um, sorry, uh, yeah, Box Hill and the Carlton VFL program. And um, I just got offered a job to stay in Geelong, so um, stay at my house and work, you know, around the Torquay area in a, in a role that I wanted to get into. And that sort of was the leading factor and, and Carlton were the closest club um, and the, the coach there at the time um, I got along with really well. So that was the reason why I played and then, after that, yeah, I wanted to move back um, back home originally from from Ringwood. So, um, yeah, I, for some, yeah, I, I played a game back in the day when I was seventeen for Box Hill. We've got, um, got a note about that. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, so I already it's knew. One, it's one of the stranger <laughs> things this year. When this, we'll skip ahead. We'll, so, yeah, round one rolls around. We'll get back to your move to Box Hill. Yeah. in a moment. But round one rolls around, and we've got. A handful of debutants. It might have been six or seven. Yeah, I reckon you know, six or boys seven, yeah. playing their first game, and then it comes to our attention. I think it was Johnny Ewer, club historian, that one of the men in the photo, Geordie, had actually already debuted for Box Hill. <laughs> James Parsons had already played for Box Hill, and he didn't yeah. want to mention it. I was going to say, What's did you not bring it up? I kept it quiet because I wasn't sure if anyone would have. Yeah, I probably would have said something leading up to the game, but. I didn't want to make anything about me. You know, <laughs> seven debutants up there. I, I can't remember who um, we, we sort of would it wouldn't like it was good fun. We were sort of joking about it. I remember trying to explain it to Proc or someone, and it was sort of like a bunch of people couldn't quite get their heads around it. They're like, what are you talking? Sorry, sorry, what are you talking about? I was like, he's actually he's this is his second debut. Yeah, <laughs> played a full yeah. So yeah, I under seventeens, um, or maybe it was under eighteens. I can't remember, um, but I was in the oh, the AIS uh, program. And when, you, when you're in that program, they try to get you – you're obviously playing TAC Cup. I think it was top age. Um, you're obviously playing TAC Cup under 18s um, and, you, you know, most of those people in that in that program are um, sort of your top – there's only 25 people, so they're usually the top 25 in Australia at, at the time. So um, what they try to do is get you to play a VFL game, you know, to show the, the scouts and um, – yeah, show all the, all the people what you can do. Um, but usually it's only half a game. It's only 50% game time. But you don't even get that because obviously you got you know you usually come off the bench. So you probably only play 35, 40% of a game. But um, I I got lucky. Alex Woodward got really unlucky. Lucky. He did his knee, which I think it was his mm. you know third or fourth knee. So um, and he did it in the first minute. So I was starting on the bench. I was going to play a little bit of half forward and and probably play yeah 40%, um, <laughs> 20 odd minutes of the game and probably get three touches and do nothing and then yeah he goes down straight away and they go oh, you, you you're off the 23rd that was when the 23rd man there um could only play half a game unless you sub someone out so he got subbed out you know within the first minute and then straight away they're like you're on the wing um you're playing the whole game on the wing um uh was that uh, i think it was at frankston um we got the win it was yeah. cab running around 
what, year, what year was that? Would it have been, no, that? sorry, it was Coburg. It was Coburg. Coburg. Yeah, no, it was against Coburg. Cav might have been. He might have played for Coburg as well. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> probably. But yeah, so yeah, that was in your first game for Box Hill. Um, that's, that's probably the first thing. Um, I suppose it's a little bit like what we've had recently with a Kai Windsor. Yeah, with the, it is exactly the same as the tack. They, they do it a bit more now with the, with the tack up pro- program. But that was the first time I really had anything to do with, with Box Hill. So Because who was ingrained. the coach at that time? Was that Marco? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, I knew I knew Nick Evans. He's from my area. He played a heap Evo, of games yeah, here. Yeah. Um, good left footer. Um, so I knew him, but, yeah, I'd, it was just a good fun week. It was like it's a good experience. And then, um, yeah, same same as Geordie. Just spoke to the guys here, Proc. Um, and then, yeah, having Geordie here was handy. And, yeah, sort of seeing those – I think Ferg was in team of the year as well. Um, no, Ferg missed out, I think. Oh, there was a bit of controversy. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he like come second in like, the league for goal kicking? Oh no, Fergus! Oh no! Don't don't. Uh, don't oh, he should have been in. Don't talk to. Ferg. Oh, Dooch was in there. Dooch was there. There was um, another one, wasn't there? Damo was there. Damo and uh, John Newcomb. Oh, so it's probably that's probably why Ferg didn't make. He can't have four players in there. So our three were yeah, our three yeah. were were Jai, Damo, and. Yeah. Well, either way, we had a, obviously a solid list and then spoken, spoke to I Naps feel like that was a setup. I reckon there's <laughs> going on there. And then, yeah, spoke to Naps and that's what, yeah, got me down here. So, so my message didn't do much. <laughs> no, Geordie, Geordie helped out a lot, yeah. Was he, how enthused was Geordie? Was he like, got to come down here, Pastor? You don't want to be missing I out. Actually, I actually think I sent him the, a message the first, like when you got the list too, because you said you were... It was, you were tossing up between. Yeah. yeah I think clubs, the first message didn't have much. Uh, yeah. And then it was the second message. He probably put an exclamation mark. <laughs> and that, that got me It got him the across the line. Yeah. So. Please I, join Box Hill. Yeah. Exclamation mark. Well, I think that's what it was. No worries, Naps. I got one of the best players here. <laughs> <laughs> You'll take the credit for that one, will you? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Paso, do you want to explain to us the number 20? Uh, sorry, not 28. 88. It's quite high. Did you choose that? Yeah, uh, there's not there's not too much to it. I just thought. Was there any pushback against it? Nah, H. So yeah, th- it's very high. When we got so preseason, we got given our bags, and I had like fifty six or something. I can't remember. And in my mind, I'm like, like no matter how, everyone's like, yeah, it's a low number, but like <laughs> it's a low number. For, <laughs> it's a low number, yeah, for VFL. <laughs> like and. I don't know, I was just like, oh, well, the low number doesn't mean anything. It's not like I'm getting number one or number three, you know, it's a cool little single digit. I'm getting a 50 anyway. And I said to hey, it's just random. I'm like, I was, I did wear number 88 for basketball back when I was playing with my mates. So I just said, oh, like, it just looks cool. I would you said, have rocked, if they let you, would you rock the triple dig? I would have rocked the zero. That would have been my preference. <laughs> the double? The double zero? The double or zero. Yeah. That would have been the preference. But no, nah, I couldn't do that. I did ask H. Um, and then I, I thought, that. I thought what looks cool is 77, 99. And I was like, no, nah, 88 look cool. Um, <laughs> I don't know. The 100 probably wouldn't look that good on the back. It's more aesthetics, I think. Just 88. I just thought. I do see that. I get that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was a real, um, particularly, I just remember it in like the Serie A in like the 2010s, late. Wait, late 2000s, 2010s-ish, a lot of guys like <coughs> started Antonio Cassano, I think, Rock 99. Robinho wore like 80-something. I think Ronaldinho at AC Milan wore... Oh, I don't... I'm not... But wore something. Are we especially knowing these people? Well, you know Ronaldinho. But they, they, oh, yeah. those guys... <laughs> <laughs> those guys would... So there's only 20-odd, 25 senior-listed players soccer, in a soccer yeah. team, and they were rocking like well, high they're, 80s. They're probably a bit different, though, because people would buy their jersey. No one's buying my jersey, but... <laughs> well, 
Oh, well, someone could be. Well, oh. I mean, if we sold them, you never know. Mm. No, I don't know. Mum or dad might buy one. <laughs> That's about it. Well, the better ref- the better example would be Westbrook. Yeah. The zero. Or see the double. He's born zero and double zero. But that's what th- number's Lillard? Lillard, yeah. Yeah, Dame as well. He's both, yeah. yeah, zero. One oh. of them zero, one of them double zero because they say no one can guard. That's how many people can guard them. So, oh. Yeah. Oh. But that's a lot That's a lot cooler. So I'd let that pass. If I was at like AFL Vic and somebody had the wherewithal to request the zero. Oh, you'd have to be the best in the league. No, even then I'd be like, oh, I get it. I'm going to let this slide. Nah. Zero. Zero. Who who would who in the league could wear that? Uh, Maybe Fergus? Ferg would be up there this He'd year. have to be close, surely. Ferg. I don't know. Who in the yeah. league's dominant? Who, who's the best player in the league right now? That's a better... Oh. You're more qualified than us to answer that question. Jeez. Um, Not on an AFL list. Gribble's pretty good. Yeah. Werribee. Yeah, Werribee. Werribee wins a ton, oh, of, yeah. the, ton of the yep. ball. Yeah, he played good against us. Liston, you know, always yep. a Liston fancy. Damo's probably too understated to rock the zero. Yes. He's good enough. I think, silky. He, I think he's mm. good enough to rock the zero, but I don't yeah. think he'd do it. Is that because that's how many people he guards? <laughs> 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 he's on fire. <laughs> well, we'll speak about basketball stuff, and I had a note here before, but don't so bring up the Terrellgan T-Birds. <laughs> You'll be here or not. I don't, oh, no. You've you got a basketball background as well, do you? Oh, well, we can, you uh, can, both I've, of you can answer this thing. I've played for a few years at the Terrellgan T-Birds. I don't even know. What, 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 yeah, no what, one's heard of them. What the vision are they in? Are they like the Geelong Supercats? Oh, they're above them <laughs> for sure. I'm, I'm not actually. The NBL. Yeah, I think they're just about to join the NBL now. So <laughs> watch out! Watch out for the Trail and T Birds. Lewis D'Angelo, he he would have played for him. I'm just going to branch out into that regional area. Um, are you disappointed, Paso? Because you are probably the most basketball savvy member of the Box Hill Hawks currently. What do you mean by basketball savvy? Well, just in terms of ability and probably interest in the game. Yeah, I'll et take that. Are you disappointed that no one ever brings up your basketball background? Ever. Um, Never gets brought up. He does a little sidestep, you know, puts them through post-high from 60. Do we need to talk, tell them about the Nashville basketball? Me and Geordie have one. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's a pretty good story. I want to hear it. <laughs> oh, it's not that good. Actually. I mean, <laughs> it's actually not that good. <laughs> no, we were in Nashville, so we travelled with uh, Mark Blitzarves. He's obviously seven foot and his sister plays for Australia and he used to play basketball. Um, I might send him this clip. Um, <laughs> and one of our other mates, Matt Hayball, who thinks he's a sharpshooter um, and well, he's I probably at a height. I find that when people think they're a sharpshooter, they are not. Nah. Well, he's actually not too bad. He's, anyway, yeah. we, we were in um, Nashville playing basketball in the off-season and it was a full-on, like, tournament. We played against us two versus them two. I take that the Geelong and, Brass uh, were not aware of this? Nah. It was pretty intense. Like, I was trying to dunk on Blitz and Blitz was <laughs> trying to, like... Like, he's a competitive man and we, yeah, we smoked him, so... What was the score? Nice. Oh, it was actually pretty close, but we just got him in the end. That's the main thing, isn't it? Yeah. The, the wins look, win. the Achilles didn't feel great <laughs> after it. I'll <laughs> be honest. trained for a week after that. The Achilles was a little bit sore, but... What was your... Were you facilitator? Who was the scorer? No, that's yeah. the thing. We were both. Oh. Both, both. I we're feel both like I was men, more I throwing them assists to you quite nicely, but yep. it, was a bit of a, it was a bit of a both. I both. can't say I'm a good shooter anymore. Mm. I'm more of just a layup guy. Yeah. You know, a couple steps and then you've got... The Euro step? Yeah. Yeah, Euro... Yeah, a little sham well, To yeah. be to be fair, it was pretty much me and you versus Blitz because <laughs> <laughs> Matty Hayball was 
No good. So. <laughs> Did you isolate and exploit? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you? It was it was the old pick and roll the yeah. whole time. Just yeah. screen blitz and then whoever blitz defends the other person just scores. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so look, we're gonna move into some of the lighter stuff now. Uh, I've always wondered this, but from a footballer's perspective, what is worse? GPS data or behind the goals footage? Well, I'm going I'm to say behind the goals. Yeah, behind the goals, yeah. for sure. Have you, got any, have you got any good stories? Team meeting, behind the goals, just footage exposing? I can... Maybe Brandon Parfit one time. He, like, tore his hamstring <laughs> off the bone. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it got brought up in the meeting and, like... You can just see him just go down super quick and like... Sniper. Yeah, it was a massive sniper and the boys were just loving it <laughs> in the meeting. But I, don't, I can't really think of anything else. You no, can't hide, I think can it's you? Yeah, you can't. That's the thing. You can have a good GPS and have... Like you could run 15K, you know, high speed. You probably only have five touches, <laughs> but at least your GPS looks good. And then, yeah, if you're caught, you know, not, not running back to help out, then... It's a lot easier to see on the uh, on the vision. Now, this is probably my favourite time of the show, Geordie. We're going to throw to you here. I don't know what Geordie, uh, sorry, what Paso is going to offer us in this regard. He could surprise me, but okay. I'm, I'm not thinking we're going to get much from my previous conversations about these topics with you in earshot. We're not going to get much out of you here. Don't bring up soccer. <laughs> not soccer. <laughs> or cricket. Not soccer. So, uh, Geordie, you've got a little bit of Disney's intellectual property tattooed on you. I do. You do. You've got a uh, rocket and a Groot, do you? I've got a little baby Groot and a rocket and holding his favourite gun. And a baby Yoda. Got a baby Yoda too. Um, what, what, are you, what are your thoughts? Because uh, I'm interested to hear what you think about those, those properties just at the moment and where they sit and where they're going. Do you mean as in like their next movie-wise? Yeah, yeah, like what do, what do you mean? I am qualified in the Marvel game. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. We've got another, another Marvel game <laughs> over here. Me and were both heavily involved yeah. in the Okay, old. excellent. So I'm curious to know what, what you guys think. They're going downhill, that's all I'll say. I agree. Look, I'm going to be honest, I, I've watched the latest group, little five-minute episodes, I don't even know if they call them an episode, mini-clips maybe. Who are they for, Jordy? And look, we've had a, we've had a little talk about we this have. and we've... We're a bit confused, aren't we? Like, they're fine. But they they say they go for five minutes. They do not. They go for three, max. There's a lot of... There's a lot <laughs> max. Of, there's a lot of credits. What are you two talking about? <laughs> so they're on Disney+. Plus. They're I Am Groot. They're like yeah. five... Five there's little f- yeah, five short movies. Mini. And they're just baby Groot doing weird things. And you're like, oh, it's fine. But they say they run for five minutes. But once you trip... Once you trim the credits, which are in 1,500 languages and all that, it, it's, a, it's a tight three minutes. Mm. If they're saying they're going for five minutes, you probably f- want the full five, I want you? the full five yeah. and then you can tack your credits on after that. But I just think generally they're, they're in a really interesting... I think they should have mothballed the thing after Endgame yeah, for oh, like five yeah. years. Oh, Look, I think they should have retired then and there. All I'm going to say, don't talk to Parso about the latest Thor. Oh, you didn't go for it? For all the listeners... <laughs> Don't waste your time. <laughs> I, I didn't like it either. Thank you. Geordie said it wasn't too Look, bad. But you know what? It wasn't the worst Look, one I've seen. We're probably, oh. in, we're probably in lockstep in that oh, I'm not saying it was good. Like it was fine. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> nah. You know what I mean? I, almo- I actually almost walked out of it. It was the first 
Yeah. If Marvel's listening Whoa. to this, <laughs> shout out to Kevin Feige. Kevin. <laughs> he will yeah. be listening. Yeah, let him know. He's dropped the ball a bit late. What did you make of? Like there was a moment in the end there. To do, well, we're going into spoilers. If you haven't seen Thor: Love and Thunder, it's been out for a month now. If you, you haven't worry. seen it, you don't, don't worry. We'll you. spoil it because there's nothing in there. It's a terrible <laughs> movie. Nothing happens. No. If you haven't seen it already, you're probably not going to see it. Don't see it. So, Gore the God Butcher, played by Christian Bale, could have been so much cooler. Yeah. So, wouldn't it have been more interesting if the whole thing is they're racing to eternity? I think was the name of the. They'd grant you a wish. The first person who could get there would be granted a wish, whatever that wish is. Wouldn't it have been more interesting if the audience thinks we're racing Gore the God Butcher there because if he gets there first, he's going to wish that all the gods are dead and that means Thor's going to die and mm. um, Jane's going to die because she's Thor now. Wouldn't it have been more interesting if they think they're defeated and they get to eternity and Gore just turns around and wishes for his daughter to be back? Well... Yeah, because Thor, because he's about what to, happens, no, no, because Thor, no, because Gore gets, because Gore gets there, and Thor's oh, like, oh, Thor you, talks him out of it. Thor's yeah. like, you're gonna kill us all. Why don't you wish for your daughter back? And then Gore's and like, that's like, a oh, good idea. Yeah, exactly, Sean. This is what I'm saying. It's Why the worst storyline of a movie. They could have done that two hours prior when you know all these hundred people haven't died yet. Just say to him, hey, mate, go there, wish for. Because that would have been once again. That's yeah, just and you, you didn't like the opening scene either. Uh, with. We'll be here all night. With the gu- <laughs> next, with the, next. With the Guardians. No, just the opening scene. Of the, the, what's, who's the actor that played Gore? Christian Bale. Yeah. Christian Bale. Like one of the best actors and they just – a two-minute intro of the movie. Like that could have almost been the first hour of the movie, him, his backstory. He's such a cool, scary, bad guy character. Do you, do you like what they've done to Thor in general? They've kind of turned him into a bit of an oaf? Yeah, a bit of a – it's a bit more of a comic. I don't mind that. But they just ruined this one. Anyway. What's your... Anyway, next. What, what, <laughs> get me fired up. He's over it. <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot here. But yep. do, you, do you have, do you have a, an MCU top five? Uh, like movies yeah. or characters? Movies. Yeah. Um, I think the OG... Number one for me is... OG Iron Man. Yeah. Love That's, it. I was yeah. going to say that. I've got yeah. the note here. And then pretty well all the Avengers just follow there, I reckon. I've in, got the Almost note. in order of the way they've come Endgame, out. Infinity War... OG Iron Man, so good. I've got the note here. Dem can confirm this. I have the note here that the further away we get from the first <laughs> Iron Man, the better it is. I watched it recently. <laughs> oh, the I, better the Iron Man is, I, yeah. I watched it like two or three weeks ago so and I was good. like, it's so restrained and it's so Just a good like yeah. understated in terms of you watch that and you're kind of like when you think of what the series becomes, you watch this movie where it all started and you're like, this is just like it's so small. It's so perfect. And the further away we get from that and the further into cameos and crossovers and big, silly action set pieces. Yeah, it just makes OG you sort, You're sort of going, mm-hmm. I actually like what it used to be when it was a lot yeah. smaller and everything now is like, like even, do you see Shang-Chi? Like, like no, that I was, haven't seen yeah. that one yet. I've I seen that one. That, that was okay. Yeah, was I didn't okay. mind that one as that well. Okay. You, know what's, yeah. you know what? Everyone forgets about the Iron Man where there's those like lava people. That's the one of the worst oh, Marvel movies. I like of that all one time. though. What's <laughs> the, That's so bad. <laughs> I'll ask you because this is exciting that Parso's and Marvel MCU guy. That's arguably one of the most controversial MCU moments is the whole Mandarin thing. Mm. You either love the twist or you hate it. I love oh, it. I like that. I the, love the, the be- twist. The people like lava people. <laughs> yeah, the extremist people. Because yeah. anyway. I, I love the twist that it's like he, he's just an actor and he's gonna, he's doing exactly what a terrorist would do, but he's not. 
Spoiler alert. The film's like 12 years later. Nine years old, past that. It's on a bit now. So, OG Iron Man, perfect. And then... Obviously, Endgame and then Infinity War would have to be the next two. I'm trying to think of Winter Soldier. The Guardians of the Galaxy are pretty good too. Yeah. You know what the first you, one of that's good. You probably oh, have to second, put a. I reckon the second one's. Oh, I can't remember. I reckon the second one's low key, like. They're both good. Mm. The second one's actually cool. If if you kind of go back and watch it now, with the benefit of obviously everything that's come since and before, and, and watch it in isolation, there's actually like this really cool piece about like fathers and sons and relationships, and like that's the theme of the movie. And at the time, people maybe weren't expecting. It's not what I always say that sometimes with these big movies, whether it be Star Wars movies or Marvel films that are really, really anticipated, people get caught up between um, the movie they expect to see and the movie they get. And I think sometimes with, with particularly Star Wars recently, people get angry about what the movie isn't and what I expected the movie to be this and it's not that, therefore it's no good. Don't get me wrong, the last two were terrible. But. There's this Lies to what Star Wars? Yeah, oh, I'm a Star Wars guy. Unwatchable garbage. <laughs> but the point is, you, you watch these movies and you're like, it wasn't what I expected it to be. Yeah, therefore, yeah. rather than, oh, what actually is it, and is that any good? So you're given you're given Winter well, Soldier. I've definitely done that with Thor. I've said I've expected it to be good. It's just been a bit of a hangover since Endgame, hasn't it? Really? Yeah, I almost don't want to watch anymore. Like they've mm. sort of put me off it. Mm. I think it's because we compared it to Ragnarok, which was <coughs> so good. That and then would, it's like, yeah, mm. that could be another top five. Yeah, there's two. Yeah, there'd be way. There's so many more. Like, mm. You'll look at the whole list tonight and go, oh. no, you've forgotten this or I've forgotten yeah, yeah, that exactly. or that was amazing. Their run was un- for for for, for, a, for a good twelve years. Their run was phenomenal, but I think now they're just struggling about what's next. Mm. Mm. We, we got you know what else is next pop culture wise. This will fire you too up. I'm interested oh, no. to see what you got here. What oh, have we got? No. We hear you're both uh, Stranger Things fans. <laughs> uh, so what did you guys make of the most recent season and sure. how do you think it's tracking ahead of its final season? Now, before you answer, I've never watched an episode of Stranger Things, oh. so I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about, but please proceed. Oh, it's, it's elite, isn't it? Yeah. We, we've been trying to get some of the boys on to watching it, so I reckon, I think Stewie Horner's just... He smashed I think he's, it. No, he's done. Done it? He yeah. started like a week ago. It's like four seasons. Breeds. Yeah. Was this when Breed. he had COVID or? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, and like. Um, That's our obligatory Stu Horner mention, by the way. Yeah, sure. Shout, Shout out to Stu. Nice Stewie. He'll be listening. Stu and his 20 touches. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> Is that yeah. a good Essendon, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Can't think about that. <laughs> yeah, Stranger Things all time. That's, yeah. yeah. It'd have time. to be top three. If you me. haven't watched it, go, yeah, do yourself a favour. Do you yeah. think it has a problem with, how do I frame this? Do you think it has a stakes problem? So a criticism that a lot of people level at Stranger Things is like a lot of the shows that become bigger than its creators maybe anticipated. They, of course, hope the show's a success. Oh, yeah. But it becomes a mega hit. Do you think they've got a problem when it comes to story decisions like who should die? Because at the moment in Stranger Things, like, no one, no, no one in the principal cast in four seasons battling these crazy creatures from other dimensions <laughs> has died. Whereas you look at something uh, like a Game of Thrones yeah, they just and the stakes, of, but the stakes of that show was so much higher because you were like... Even with that though, like a lot of people weren't happy. Oh, no, 100%. But, yeah. but I suppose you were like, you could turn the episode on, you were like, any one of these people could yeah. die in this episode. I actually don't know. Um, well, I, I was really unsure if the same old Marvel thing 
first couple of seasons of Stranger Things was so good, mm. like that all time. And then this new season, I was real nervous because I thought, hopefully they don't stuff it up. Like there's so much pressure. They've nailed it till now. And if they stuff it up, it's going to ruin it for me because it like, you, you can only really judge it off the whole thing, not just the first. How many seasons is there? Four? Four or five? Four? There's four at the moment. Yeah. Four, yeah. And you it can't really judge it just off the first three because they're the best. So, yeah, it's all time though. The last season's epic. And particularly how they <laughs> yeah. go see it. Yeah. But, and particularly how they make these shows now, the Netflix stuff is um, they are very kind of deliberately made to be watched as a X hour movie. Yeah. Not 10, 30 minutes or eight hours. So you do have to kind of go back in totality and watch the whole thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting... So that's just the criticism that I think is, is interesting about Stranger Things is just, yeah, they, they just don't seem to be terribly... Well, even we, we saw something online that said there was going to be four deaths for this, this latest season. Well, there might have been, but just no one knew. Yeah, but that's what he, we were like... It was oh, the one guy off screen Four, four main like, characters might like, yeah. die We're talking here. about every training. <laughs> and we're like... <laughs> Who's oh, dying? Who do you reckon is going to die? Oh, there's yeah. one there. There's only yeah. three left. And we're like, yeah. three... Like, who could it be? And, and then no one really does. Yeah, we're like, so they Do you want to? Do you want to call it now? Who do you reckon? Who do you reckon? I see. I reckon they'll. I reckon eleven will go. I reckon she'll die. Mm. You sort of have to kill one. Of yeah. them. you have to kill one. They've of them survived animals. way too much. But then I don't really I, want it. I'm gonna say Mike dies in the yeah. next season too. I wouldn't be too yeah. sad if Mike died. Hopper. Nah, Hopper can't die. No. Nah. If he's they, gone through what he's gone yeah. through, there's no. They already tried now. to kill him off, but it just didn't work. So. Can't kill the man. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't do it. Um, yeah, I think it's a. I think it's a bit of a who's the sacrificial who, who does the Tony Stark? Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> Someone well, has obviously to, it spoiler alert. has to be. <laughs> oh no! It's the highest grossing movie of all time. Because <laughs> if you haven't seen it, it's four years old. Yeah. Um, Someone has to. Yeah. Someone has to. Uh, has to be eleven then. Uh, are you ready for the new segment? Questions from friends. Oh, we've, mm-hmm. we've recorded, I've really been waiting for this. We've recorded we? some questions from your teammates. <laughs> You're kidding. Can't wait for these. Are we ready to go? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Hey, Geordie. Hey, Paso. Cav here. Um, Geordie, I've got a question for you. I like to think that, you know, us three are pretty close, but you've been, you've been spreading some rumours recently and, um, and I don't like it. So, Geordie, uh, my question for you is why are you doing it? So you can answer that when you're ready. And... Um, Paso, I love you, mate. Um, and you can answer this because you know Geordie quite well. Um, is he always like this? And why does he always spread rumours? <laughs> what is this bloke on about? It might have something to do with the room next door to us and Cav allegedly not spending very much time oh, in that room. Oh, yes, no. I, <laughs> I might have mentioned a couple of things, but this was at the footy against Frankston, this wasn't it? was the Ben Kavara Cup. yeah. At the the Ben Kavara Cup, but we were deciding who hasn't really been in the gym or who has, I guess, the least amount of time spent in the gym. You did not hesitate. No, I was <laughs> I was straight away. I'm you did like, not even think about it. Who were we? It was me, you, and Jim. Jimmy, so yeah. long. Shout out to Jimmy. Are we listening? Yeah. Great physio, isn't he? Um, I don't know who he put up. I, I said shout out to Dooch. I said Dooch. Yeah. And I'm like, no, nah, has to be Ben Kavara straight away. And then these guys were like, no. Like, what? No way, it can't be. you seen that man's calf? And then, so. Mm, I think he just wakes up and does calf raises and then. Well, to be fair though, he reckons enough. he's got a gym at home. 
So, yeah, I've heard that before. But to go on from what we're, we've been talking about, the, the man that we needed to get in was Dill. Big shout out to Dill. Shout out to Viz. Yeah, Viz. Because he's obviously in the gym with us. And what did he say? He actually, no, <laughs> before you say that, the person we should ask is Shrucky. He's, he's in there the longest. He's I literally be- said that on the way through. I he's said, in there Are you still here? Dill <laughs> and after Dill. So he would know more than anyone. First money in, last money out. Oh, it's yeah. Shruck. Shrucky, shout out to Shrucky. But he's got a roll, he's got a pull out bed just in the corner. He, he would be like competing so. against Cav for best calves, that's for sure. So we asked Viz. Mm. And Geordie should be well pleased because he hesitated for even less time than you did. <laughs> it was, mate. I couldn't believe it. I was thinking he might go, oh. No. I, uh, no, he just went, he, he didn't even no. look at us. He just went, Cav. Straight up, Cav. Shout so, out to Cav, but yeah, I agree. Do you agree Ooh. that he doesn't spend he, any time in the he gym? He probably is up there with most time in the physio room. <laughs> but definitely least time in the gym. <laughs> Sorry, hey, Cav. He's not going to like that. That's not a rumour. Oh, when, like when he kicks bags, it doesn't really matter, no. does it? You, I've, I can't stress this enough. He doesn't look like someone who doesn't spend any time yeah, in the gym. That's, it's, that's what it's I mean. Like he's like strong. It's not like he's not powerful. He yeah. just doesn't kicks spend both those boxes. any time in the gym. Kicks snags. It works for him. Next up. Uh, g'day, one week at a time, fans. It's Cal Porter here. More specifically, g'day, Geordie and Paso. Um, second time caller, one time participant, but long time listener. Um, anyway, that's enough about me. What I'd like to ask is about these famous US trips and why Halloween is your favourite holiday. Thanks, mate. Enjoy. Oh, we almost need another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the off season, really. Um, yeah, for the listeners, you get eight weeks off as a f- AFL footballer, so you get you get oh, pretty this could lucky. Be, this could be the great man. Oh, this is no. look Jordy's who's rocked bo- up, Jordy's oh, boss. No. Oh, my <laughs> boss! We might, we might have to stop talking <laughs> about the off season. No, 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 don't Prox worry. just rolled in. Jordy's boss, player coach, coach and player sponsor, hey. Cliff Proctor is with hey. us. Hey, I own Kuniko. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listeners, how did we know that was he was going to say that? No? In and out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> No yeah. live stream. Yeah, we're live on Facebook <laughs> and Spotify. We're going up against Joe Rogan. <laughs> Is Shrucky still in the gym? <laughs> I'll see it work tomorrow. Right? <laughs> I right, back to Halloween. What's going on there? Ports has got a lot of interest in this Halloween stuff. Uh, well, how many times did you come to America? I only what? come the once. It once. was twenty seventeen. Was yeah. once enough? Oh, well, truly. <laughs> yeah, so as I was saying, you get eight weeks off um, and you're still getting paid for those eight weeks for those that don't know. So um, it's obviously... It's a good deal. Yeah, it's, it's obviously used... Well, that's if you have a contract the next year. <laughs> so it's obviously your time to rest and have fun and enjoy your life. You do sacrifice a lot during the year um, in terms of your, your actual personal life. No um, European summers for you boys. <laughs> Yeah, it's a sacrifice. Um, <laughs> no, I'm also even just like you get drafted at 18. You miss, you know, half of the half of your mates' 18s. You miss. All, I missed a lot of 21sts, um, brothers' 18s. Like you, you miss a lot of that sort of stuff because, well, one obviously you're trying to be as professional as you can. Not you know not trying to go out and party, especially during the year. And then more preseason, you're just as tired as any time. So. Yeah, when the off-season comes, you obviously want to enjoy yourself. But, yeah, we were lucky enough – well, I was lucky enough to go three times, three off-seasons sort of back-to-back to, back to um, States and, and a bit of Europe. Who no, was the ringleader? 
Um, <laughs> I'm going to say yeah, shout out to Blitz. Yeah, Blitz that first um, trip was. <clears throat> yeah, so we, me and Geordie went to, um, we started our trip in Austin. Yeah. Um, and went to the ACL Festival. Um, the ACL Festival gets like 300,000 people over three days to this festival. Um, we had like Metallica, Travis Scott, Lil Wayne. Um, yeah. Shawnee Mendes. Loved him. <laughs> I didn't say Shawnee Mendes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that was sort of the, the, the start of the trip. But um, there's, there's probably too many stories to get into, really. Yeah, well, I, don't I don't know where pops to start. Up for you, Jordy, but yeah. How how does Halloween figure into this? That's what Paul's wants to know. Well, would we start Austin? Then we went New Orleans, Nashville, and then that's where the basketball tournament was. That's where the basketball mm. tournament was, and then we went to New York. Yeah, so we did we did Halloween in New York, yeah. um, which was awesome. Yeah, and Americans take Halloween like so ridiculously serious. I I think we need to take it more seriously. Yeah. I think it's good it's, fun. Oh, it's so much fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good. I don't know, I don't know what Ports <laughs> is talking about. Yeah, stories we we got the usual up. costumes out for Halloween, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what What, did you, what did you go as? What did you... Uh, it wasn't really anyone. We just had oh, like Geelong masks. <laughs> yeah, all of us had like masks on. We had fake, fake had blood, blood all over, over us. us yeah. And just a, like a, yeah, just a white mask with blood everywhere. Had we had a little, yeah, yeah, we had yeah. a little bit of equipment. And you're us. walking through the streets with blood all over you, your shirt ripped, a mask on, it's a blade in your hand, and everyone's just, you. yeah, just casual. People don't even acknowledge you <laughs> half the time. I don't know if that was what Tuff Ports was getting at. We might have to touch base with him and see if he was happy with that answer. But uh, next, uh, next cab off the rank. G'day, fellas. I'll try and keep this a little bit shorter than Cal's. Uh, just Ferg here, if you didn't pick up the voice. Um... Geordie, just one for you, mate. I just wanted you to expand on the nickname The Apprentice and how that came about. Um, happy to go into it if you refuse to. Uh, and then Paso, uh, obviously played against us last year. Can you talk to us about playing on Stew at Icon Park? We had a good win over Carlton that day. And just go into in-depth in how much he held you that day and how many free kicks you think he actually gave away. Thanks, mate. You're first, Geordie. Thanks for that, Fergus. So, The Apprentice. It was... Uh so I, this was last year during pre-season. We had a camp uh, down in Churchill in yeah. Gippsland, yes. God's country, very close to Trelgan. Another shout-out. Um, and so we had a little presentation from David Banfield. Um, so we had like a little presentation about a lot of the younger guys um, doing their apprenticeships um, and that sort of thing. So they had... A lot of pictures, headshots of the guys that are just coming into the club and just starting to do their apprenticeship. Um, their VFL apprenticeship, that is. Like. I know this was like guys first, second year, just out of tech cup kind yeah, of yeah. kind yeah. of thing. And um, yeah, he. I still remember he was just taking my photo at training one day. I'm like, didn't really uh, like ask about it. I just thought it might have been for the website or I don't know something. So eventually we got to, to Churchill and like building your apprenticeship. Oh no, what's he done here? And then the next PowerPoint goes up and he's he's actually put my head shut up there. <laughs> building my apprenticeship. I I didn't actually speak to him after it, but I don't know, five years at the AFL club's not <laughs> there's not obviously not good enough for old banners, but 
Nah, that's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, was, that, that got an yeah. awful amount of traction. And it's, in it's stuck, hasn't it? The so apprentice. So. Da- David Mirror was was very very good sport about it. He came down and spoke to the group uh, on the eve of the 2021 season and was worded up by Mitch, I believe, and said that you know whether you're demo, whether you're blah blah, blah whether you're a Doing your apprenticeship like a Jordy Cunico, <laughs> <laughs> the, the group, the group really like that. It's always just worded up by someone, isn't it? I think there was another time this year as well. Someone's <laughs> mentioned in a meeting or something, so it's unfortunately stuck. But thanks, Banners. <laughs> and now Paso Stu Horner was he handsy? <coughs> Very, yeah, yeah. I, I barely got touched that day. Oh, I kicked, I kicked the first goal of the game. Thought we were on for a, for a good game. Thought I was on for a good one as well, and then. Yeah, Box Hill boys rocked up and then I think we had to kick like four goals for the game and Box Hill bears like 100 points so at at our ground. So it uh, wasn't fun, but yeah. It's a TV sh- game too, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't remember. But Stewie, yeah, Stewie, that's why we love Stewie. Like, sacrifices touches, although he's had 20 against Essendon once. <laughs> sacrifices touches to just shut people down. Um, that's why we love him, I guess. He always, he always gets a big jobs every week. And he yeah. does. He, he, we and when he doesn't, he has 20. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That's, that's why. Yeah. The phrase I have friends and talking <coughs> about players similarly who get the, the tough jobs, the no frills, you know, just do your job. is like the garbage man. You get the job that really no one else wants. You just got to get it done. I think Stewie enjoys it. It's not, it's not like I actually think he loves it. Yeah, he doesn't just enjoy it, it, just yeah. loves it. Do you reckon he should have given away a few more frees? I probably I would have taken them that day for sure. I probably only had like five <laughs> touches. I reckon. Yeah, I definitely would have taken it. Next up, Paso Jordy, uh, right on on getting on the podcast, boys. Just a quick question from uh, me. Um, tell me about the program, that Achilles program that you boys have been on. Um, I want to know what it's about. How'd you get on it? When'd you get on it? And how do I get on it? Because uh, it looks like the best program that we may have at Box Hill. Ed Phillips just asking yeah. about your tra- your training programs, which don't seem to the boys. You mentioned it earlier, Joy. The, the boys don't seem to think it involves much training. Look, I've had Achilles problems on and off for probably I'm going to say five years now. So, look, I, we just try and do as much as we can in the gym. Calf raises, seated calf raises. Like we we just love it, don't we, Paso? Yeah, we don't like laying on the massage bed. While the boys are doing gym, mm. that's for sure. And we don't like not doing all the running in pre-season. We wish we were doing more <laughs> running and more gym, but unfortunately our Achilles holds us back. Um, if I yeah, if Ed wants to get on the program, just, I don't know, maybe train like seven days in a row. That's what me and Jordy used to do, unfortunately, being an emergency. You'd, you'd bloody warm up for an AFL game, oh, not play, play VFL the next day, train the AFL, train VFL, yeah. So Eventually, something's going to break down. Yeah, it's usually so, Achilles. So um, it has to be. It's almost like, yeah, if you're in an emergency for a few weeks in a row, you're bound to get an Achilles problem. So shout out to you. Yeah. So what you're telling me, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit like the old Braden Kilpatrick. Shout out to Killer, one of our favourites. He'll be listening. Yep. The old Killer, you can have me train or you can have me on Saturday. Yeah. We, that's, that's what I've... I can do the main session or I can play. Well, before I had an Achilles problem... Yeah, Blitz used to be – we've brought Blitz up a few times. He's a, <laughs> he's, a, he's a ripper bloke. He has knee tendonitis or whatever it's called. And I used to say to him, 
you're just making excuses. You just don't want to train fully. You just want to sit on the massage table. And then once I got the old Achilles problems, yeah, you don't want it. Like as much as it, yeah, you, you get out of a few things here and there, it, the pain of having an Achilles problem is, yeah, it's the worst pain. So And it's just there all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like you get out of bed and you're like, oh, no, like sore again. You try to reach for something in a high shelf. Yeah. Oh, and, you, you, and you try everything and just it Nothing. doesn't seem to work. Nothing works. You have injections, you have... You do all this gym work and just this nothing. This is why we need to do the stem cell research. Mm. Look, I've, I've even had the PRP injections as well by Mr. David Young. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to David. Um, We've both had surgery from David Young, yes, actually. Yes, we Shout have. So You're prepared to try anything from the sounds of it. Yes. So look, L- if there's any other legal. research anything out there, legal, for all the listeners, please <laughs> help Shout me and pass it out. Yeah, to Asada and Wada. <laughs> <laughs> it's all above board. <laughs> And then lastly, lastly, last one here. G'day, Paso Geordie. Uh, Charlie here, mate. Um, Love to hear from both of you. I hear you're doing a wonderful job in rehab. Uh, just a quick question. Harry Taylor and the ham in the sock uh, to Josh Jenkins. Give us your thoughts on that. And was there any planning, any chat beforehand? What's the go there? It, was, it made waves when it happened. It was the randomest thing that's ever happened. Where did he get the ham from? From like the hotel lobby, but what what is <laughs> like our what's called the the buffet? Yeah. The craziest thing about it is, he didn't give it to him before the game to get in his head. He gave it to him after the game, so like he played on him, and then gave it to him after. So like, and he had it in his sock the whole game. Like he could have just grabbed it at halftime. Why wouldn't you give it to him straight up? Yeah. Like- yeah, and, and he didn't tell anyone about it either. It was just like, and he didn't want anyone to hear about it. He thought it would just be a funny thing between him and... Does Harry, yeah. does Harry have any awareness of how many cameras cover an <laughs> AFL game? I don't know, maybe he's just old school and thought, oh, it'll be a, one of those things. It is something between that, two blokes, but that yeah. Harry Taylor would do though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. He seems like a really like, like lovely sort of guy. But oh, just the best but, bloke. But yeah. just rare. Yeah. yeah. One of uh, the best that blokes. That sums but, him up, yeah. yeah. Knows his capital cities as well. Oh, he knows everything. He's a genius. Yeah. He's yeah, very smart. He's Shout out to him. He'll head be of, he will be listening. He's head of the uh, physio at Geelong now, I think. Yeah. Harry Taylor. He's a qualified physio. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yep. We, should, we should get him down here. He work magic on you guys. Yeah, he might fix the Achilles. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're happy He'd to probably try probably a bit expensive <laughs> though, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, last thing up. We've got quick hands. Do we know how that works? It's just word association. Uh, gonna hand you over to M. I think Paso's up first. Mm-hmm. We uh, ready to go? Yeah, yeah. So just word association. So just I oh, just one word answer. Yeah. Who wins our best and fairest? Berg. Funniest teammate? Ports. What should Harry organise for team dinner this week? Pasta. Favorite footy cliche? One week at a time. Yes. John Cavara or Ben Cavara? Uh Ben. Nice first vote. Last film you watched? Fury. And yeah, it's one of my top fives. Favourite ground to play footy on? Box Hill Studio. Ferg or Ports? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Go to pair of footy boots? Asics. Will any main characters die in the last season of Stranger Things? They better. Someone has to die. Best concert you've been to? Travis Scott, ACL. Pre game meal? Uh, yeah, pasta. Any match day superstitions? No. Charlie or Hugh Beasley? 
And one last one we have to ask Who should we interview in a future episode? Um, have you had Dooch on this? Mm-mm. Dooch would be pretty good Dooch is a I wouldn't go so far as to say a holy grail type one But I think Dooch If we can get Dooch in the room yeah. If we can somehow trick him to coming into the room, sure you could. Or we could just ask him really nicely. Him and a little push pull kind of setup. It's already been on though, hasn't it? We've spoken about push pull. In push pull, a push pull does not need box hill social media (laughs) traction. I think we need to help him out. But B as well. Like I remember talking to Dooch about it, and he was he was really happy for push pull just to be like this cool underground thing. Yeah, it probably doesn't have too much of an association with the footy team. He could kind of the vibe. Push pull could kick the joint out. I guarantee yeah. if you asked yeah. everyone, someone would rock out. up in something push-pull. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I guarantee it. No, absolutely. It's, it's I our unofficial sponsor. Yeah, I said that Shout one early on, I reckon. <laughs> I reckon – I think I'd like to get Dooch on at some stage. Are you ready, Geordie? Let's do it. I'll cut this siren down. It's very long. Who wins our best and fairest? Ports. Favourite tunes in the gym? Uh, Will Sparks. Your playlist or Ports' playlist? Mine. Funniest teammate? Yeah, Ports. Who wouldn't you want to room with in an interstate trip? Uh, David Brinkerichi. <laughs> Favourite footy cliche? Uh, all That Jazz by Proc. Baby Yoda or Grogu? Ooh, Grogu. Uh, full grown Groot or baby Groot? Baby. Favourite ground to play footy on? Yeah, Box Hill City Oval. Will any main characters die in the last season of Stranger Things? Yes, it has to be. John or Ben Kavara? Johnny Boy. <laughs> Favourite pair of footy boots? Asics with a heel raise. <laughs> yeah, I'll second that. Charlie or Hugh Beasley? Charlie. Last movie you watched? Uh, Spider-Man. Which one? The first. Toby. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And Jordy, who should we interview in a future episode? Hmm. I'm trying to think of maybe some of the younger guys. Maybe... Cogs might be <laughs> someone it'd be like, that... It'd be about as long as those I am group shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Cogs and James O'Connor, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon Jimmy yeah. would give us a bit. Yeah. I'll, I'll, Actually, nah, Snake. Let's get Snake on here. We've oh. said, someone said Snake before and we said we, could, we reckon we could get Snake if we just maybe mic'd the room up <laughs> and had like a series of conversations with him that we could then stitch together. Yeah, you'd probably have to edit a lot of them to be So honest. over the course of the next however many weeks, we have like six individual conversations <laughs> where I'm like wearing yeah. a mic and then yeah. we put those together into an episode without him knowing. That sounds illegal. <laughs> yeah, but you can't, you can't. I, don't, I think legally, yeah. You, I don't think you can you do can, that. You can't, <laughs> you can't record people without their consent. Um, <laughs> gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you about all things football and I didn't realise that I didn't realise you were such a big Marvel man, Pastor. That's good to know. Used to be. <laughs> He's over Are you now. watching any of the TV shows? No. Nah, I can't. They've mm. been they've all been pretty not good. Latest one I watched was Miss Marvel and couldn't get into still, it. Still, yeah, didn't do it for me either. Moon Knight couldn't get into it. I think there's. I think there's. I know we're trying to wrap up this podcast. <laughs> 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 just one last thing on Thor: Love and Thunder. There's too many directors. Why don't they just stick to the same guys that did all the good ones? Now they're all just random directors. Well, I don't think Joe and Anthony Russo want to be directing Marvel movies for the rest of their life. They want to do, or they, they might come back. Apparently, cash money. If they're mm. that good, why wouldn't you want just to back the truck? Just up. pay them. Stacks, trucks. <laughs> pay them. <laughs> so, absolute pleasure having a chat. Um, 
big game this weekend. M Sydney at Box Hill City Oval. Yeah, fourth v uh, fifth. fifth. We're obviously a chance to creep our way into the top four, which would be excellent. Um, our last home game, of course, of the home and away season. Hopefully, we'll have a final, but. Um, gates open at, I think it's about 10.30. Mm-hmm. Um, bounces at 12.35, which is great. So we certainly hope to see as many people down here as possible because um, I think Hawthorne are down in Tassie yep. this week. I'm so a really good opportunity for Hawks fans to get down to City Oval. If you're a Hawthorne member, you'll get free entry, uh, which is great. Um, and obviously Box Hill members get free entry as well. So I think that just about wraps us up. I think it I does. Think. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Nothing else to add? I think that's it. <laughs> so we thanks to Budget Car and Truck Rental. Uh, my name is Sean Peterbudge. Emily Ferguson's done a fantastic job today. And, of course, Geordie Cunico brought to us by Clint Proctor. Thanks, Clint. Speak share. What's he with? Check me, not speak share. Check me, yeah. Check me. Uh, and James Parsons. What were you? What were you? You're Australian... Graphic servicing. Graphic mm-hmm. servicing. There we are. Shout out to Glenn. Shout out to Glenn. Love it. Thanks, boys. I will hopefully see you back out on the field very, very soon. Um, But no, thank you so much for doing this. We hope you enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. We're a happy team at Boxville. We're the mighty fighting boys.